All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. My name is Dr. Priyanka Wally, and this is our last episode of the year, people. Wait a minute. What do you mean our last episode? It's just the last episode of the year. We'll have another episode next year, which is really actually just next week. Oh, next week. Oh, good, because I'm not America's first hypochondriac. I'm America's first hypochondriac 2022. Hi, Priyanka. Sean, this is our final episode of 2021. Of 2021. First of all, just the numbers, 2021. Can you believe it? I know. When I was a kid, I was like, wow, I'm going to turn 32 in 2021. (laughs) Of course, my math was off. (laughs) Just slightly, just slightly. But yeah, can you, we made it another year. It's pretty wild. Well, we don't have a guest today. We don't have a guest today because we wanted to take some time to reflect on the year, listen to more messages that you guys, our listeners have left and answer some questions that you submitted online, which is super, super, super exciting and fun to us. We thought, you know, let's take a little break from the guests today and just do all of this stuff because you guys deserve it. It's fun for us. Hopefully it's fun for you. And frankly, this episode is dedicated to all of our lovely, lovely listeners. All of you guys. Yes. We appreciate you. We hear you. We love your calls. So thank you. We love you. We hope you're doing well. We thank you for listening always. You know, we've done, I think, like 34 episodes or something like that. Isn't that wild? Gosh, it feels like it just flew by. Tell me what it was like for you when you first started compared to now. Well, you know, when I first started, I think there was a lot of anticipation. Like, I got to get the facts right. I have to study. I have to know everything. You know, it just has to be super crisp. And... Then I sort of figured out a way to kind of study for each episode. And now I have a system down and, you know, now it's, I feel like it's more cruise control. And I think I've also gotten to know you as well on a personal level. And so it it was always easy from the get go, but I think it's just become more more seamless. Yeah. I feel like you're my sister. Oh, that's so sweet. One of them. One of them. Yes. One of many. You know, it's interesting you say that because when you're one of those few people that when I first met and we first started talking, I was like, oh my God, I feel like I've known you and I feel like it's so easy. And uh, we had fun right off the bat. It's been great. Fun, right? Wait, is that one of those um, blankets that are also an no, outfit? No, the the no. What is that? What are those snuggies? Called? The, uh, yeah, snuggies? snuggies. No, no. It looks like it though, doesn't it? It's the same material, but it's just a pullover hoodie jacket thing. Oh, okay. I feel like you're a snuggies type of person. I feel yeah, like you own multiple snuggies. I don't even need the snuggie to be a snuggie type of person. <laughs> um, no, but Scotty leaves it like you know twenty below in here. I'm like, what are oh, you what? possessed by the devil? Why? Oh my gosh, he needs to get his thyroid checked. That's way no, too cold. I just I just made myself laugh. <laughs> Cuz of course the first thing I, I think of when I think of freezing is, you know, the exorcist when she's lying in bed and you can see her breath. Oh my god. But gosh. anyway, that's what it feels like. There's just ghosts all around you and Scotty. Question for you, Sean, how has the show changed for you from episode 1 to episode 34? Well, you know, I oh, that's going to sound boring like the same answer, but I just feel like I 
feel more relaxed. Yeah. And I feel, because, you know, it was like a new thing because I'm an actor. So I was like, mm-hmm. what is this thing? But I kind of molded into it well, mm-hmm. if I say so myself. Not that I'm great at it. I just mm-hmm. feel more comfortable with it. You Definitely. Know? Uh, that's, that's what I mean. So wait, if you were coming on the show as a guest, what medical story would you tell? Oh my gosh. I mean, there's so many to choose from. Yeah. There was the time... Oh yeah. There was a time I was working as a resident in the ICU. By the way, I can't believe I've never heard this and I never asked you that, but keep going. But there's always so much to talk about, right? I I mean, this is one of many, but I'll never forget this. I was working in the residence. I was a resident working in the ICU and a nurse brought in some chocolates for the staff and she left them out. I was running around taking care of patients and I saw chocolate and I just grabbed one and I kept running And then five seconds later, I was like, oh, God, it has (gasps) nuts in it. Oh, no. And I had eaten it. And I still had my shift to do. And what I did is I told my intern, I'm going to be right back. And I ran into the call room, injected myself with epinephrine. Yourself. Oh, my God. By myself, which I had with me. And then I went back out and I turned to my intern and I said, okay, I just want you to know before I tell you what I'm about to tell you, I am okay, Mm -hmm. but I just injected myself with epi because I had an anaphylactic reaction to nuts. And so, of course, she was like, oh, my God, are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. We're going to finish this shift. Mm-hmm. And I finished the shift. And then I went home and I like cried and you know, <laughs> had, a, had a meltdown, but I finished the shift, which is- Yeah, was... I love that. First of all, I have to say, whenever I heard of the word epinephrine, I think of the writer norepinephrine. <laughs> but the other part is similar story, which I think I've shared on here with you, which is when I had my first bout of kidney stones, I was mm-hmm. doing a oh, right. one-man show, a play. Oh my uh, gosh. Before I went to Broadway, it was here in LA and I was doing it in LA. And I never experienced a pain like that in my life. And it was excruciating. And it was right before the matinee. I had a matinee in an evening show. And there's nobody else in the show. It's just me with two other great actors. But the the focus is just this monologue that I do for 90 minutes. And so I get the kidney stones and I'm like screaming in pain. They send the ambulance. I go to the thing. Obviously, I had to cancel the matinee. I passed it, came back into the evening show. I know. That's right? wild. <laughs> did you then go home and sob like I did? <laughs> no, I totally I had the, a meltdown. I, I cut out the sobbing. And I think I just took a bath and went night-night. Oh, it was, wow. I was exhausted. You know, human beings are really resilient. Yeah, I mean, right. These stories really reflect that. So I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you mm. too. So, okay, we got so many lovely messages from mm. you guys and we want yes. to share more. You know, we started doing this uh, after several episodes and we just, Priyanka and I love love this. We so love let's go through like, you know, four or five of them. They're, they're, they're really interesting. This first one is from someone named Denise. Let's listen. Hi, Sean. Hi, Priyanka. I love your show. I listen to it all the time. While I meditate down at the marina. <laughs> While I meditate. Um, I have an interesting medical history question or situation. Okay. Um, when I was about nine or ten, I my mother had an aerobic studio, and right next door was a gun shop. There was a boy about the age of my brother and I, and we'd hang out with him occasionally. Um, one day, to keep a long story short, he was in the back stock room of the gun shop, doing target practice with a BB gun against boxes and a target taped on it. Uh, freakishly, he pointed the gun right at me and shot me point blank oh, in the head. Oh, my And it, it hit almost like my, um, my eye bone, my occipital eye bone on the side. Oh um, I ran out, terror, ran to my mother. On the other side of her was the barbershop. 
I guess, you know, we don't run to the doctor or the hospital. We run to Tom the barber. Um, and he just put a Band-Aid on it, and I got hugs and kisses, and it was done and over with. Um, wow. I'm 48 years old now and still suffer dramatically, seriously from it. Okay. And I cannot stand the Christmas movie, the Christmas story. You'll uh-huh. shoot your eye out because uh-huh. I almost had my eye shot out. But my situation is this. A year or two after that incident, I'm in the bathtub and laying against the bath, and I hear tink, 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 tink. And I look to the side on the edge of the bathtub is this perfectly sphere of what looks to be earwax on the bathtub. And I squeeze it hard. It can't squeeze. It's not soft. It's not malleable, but it's on the bathtub. Now, I don't I can't remember if I even showed my mother or not, but is it at all possible? Because when I was shot, the BB was never found. They thought it just bounced off and was on the floor. Okay, Uh this is crazy. Is it possible that this BB entered my skin and took a year or so to somehow travel (laughs) to my ear canal and live there until it boinked out in the bathtub? Mm-hmm. Is that at all possible? To this day, I wonder. I never know. And I wonder. What do you think? Love you guys. Okay, oh, first Dickies, of all. Bless your precious heart. Oh, my God. I can't believe we went through that. It's, she's, she's literally telling us it's the JFK magical bullet uh, Oh, my thing, goodness. Where it right. went in here and came out there and went back in. You know that thing? Actually, I don't. Tell me more about it. You know, it, it's the horrible defense from the medical community about or there, you know there are different scenarios why jfk how jfk got shot uh-huh. right and on and the other people in the car because they're trying to figure out is it one shooter is it two shooters is it three shooters was it set up was it an inside uh-huh. job was it an outside job all those kind of conspiracy theories and they came up with this it's called the magic bullet theory where the bullet went through his head out the front through the back of the guy in front of him, out that guy's, inside that guy's right leg, then ricocheted off the bone and went left to, I mean, it's insane. That's why they call it this magic bullet because it's such an insane story. Anyway, that's a really long explanation for my stupid little joke. Oh, wow. (laughs) I mean, so Denise, let me me just reassure you a little bit that no, there's no way that a bullet could have traveled from the eye into the ear canal. You would- you would be in excruciating, excruciating pain. And there would be a lot of other complications. Like there would be more than just earwax coming out of the ear. There would be blood. blood. You would be hearing a screeching sound in your ear because your eardrum perforated. I mean, it would, you would know. So I, I think you probably just had a lot of earwax in your ear, which, Hey, we've all been there. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's not something, you know, out of the norm. She was taking a bath and it came out. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, maybe the heat loosened yeah, her ear up. But and, it yeah. definitely wasn't the bullet, but can I just say, this is just such an important PSA about how firearms are, are actually the leading cause of death in children in the United States. And so it's, sad. it's just something that is very preventable. Um, and unintentional. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just, my heart goes out to you, Denise, that you had to deal with that and you still have some PTSD related to that. Um, yeah. I, I hear you that they couldn't find the bullet, but if it had stayed inside you and ended up coming out through your ear, mm-hmm. you would be having 
a lot of really uncomfortable symptoms. <laughs> what if it was in there? Then I imagine? would I would seriously email Denise personally and apologize. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Denise, thank you for the story. Uh, we appreciate it. The next one up is someone named Jason. Let's listen to him. Hi, Sean and Dr. Wally. My name is Jason and I'm calling from Little Rock, Arkansas. Here's my weird medical story. I was 19 and stationed at NAS North Island in San Diego while I was in the Navy, and I worked the swing shift, so I would hit the surf every morning before work. One morning, I woke up to this incredible pain in my right ear, and there was this very loud noise that sounded like rushing water. The pain was so intense. I drove the Navy Medical on my base, thinking I had some bad ear infection from all the ocean water trapped in my head. When a doctor looked in my ear, he let out this loud gasp because it wasn't water. It was a giant cockroach that he crawled into my ear while I was sleeping and was now stuck. And the noise I was hearing was a roach trying to burrow deeper to escape. So word got around the clinic pretty quickly, and pretty soon there was a line outside my door, and every person that worked there wanted to come look at the poor guy with the roach stuck in his head. Cockroach. Wasn't great. So uh, they tried injecting super cold water in my ear to stun the roach, but that just made it mad, and it started digging even deeper, oh causing more gosh. pain, and now I'm getting creeped out because I understand what's causing that pain. So then they said they couldn't get it out and told me to drive myself across the bay to Balboa Naval Hospital with this thing still sitting up shop in my head. Have the cockroach drive. So I drive over there, and after about an hour, another doctor comes in and says, well, we just got to pull it out piece by piece. He starts giving updates. Here's a leg. Here's a wing. Got another leg. Here's part of the thorax. Eventually, he was able to get it all out, I hope. So uh, if you ever wake up with pain and a loud noise, it sounds like rushing water in your ear. Don't worry. It's probably not an infection. And it's just, just some a horrible disease bug lodged in your head. Oh my God. Hope you both have a great day. Bye. Jason, oh, Jason. oh my God, Jason, that's Jason, unbelievable. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is unbelievable. By the way. You have described several millions people's nightmare, potential yeah. nightmare. I, I mean, mean, well, well, here's the thing. I have so much to say. First of all, Jason, thank you for your service. Thank you. I think you. you said you were part of the Navy, so thank you. We wouldn't be here. I said it before. We wouldn't be here without you guys and everybody uh, in the military. So thank you. And aside from that, one of the best stories I've ever heard. <laughs> that is like incredible. So I have this friend, Kevin, at very close, you know, our extended family. He's, he's that close. He had a, what is it called? A sil- sil- silverfish or, you know, a, like earworms. They're called earworms. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. In, in his ear. So yes, I think it happens probably more, but a cockroach. Yeah. First of all, let me ask you this. You got to be Ugh. sleeping pretty hard for yes. that thing to not have it wake you up and be like, get the fuck out of my ear. Yeah. No. You know? And it had some time to get in deep. Yeah. And begin lodging. Yeah. And it, it, yeah it had a lot would, of time. Can you imagine? Yeah. I've actually only seen one case of bug in ear and it was a fly that was in a woman's ear. And I mean- when you look in the ear and you see a freaking insect, it yeah. is the wildest moment where you're like- You'd worked on somebody like that? Yes, yes. I, oh I once God. saw a case where a woman had a fly in her ear. Mm-hmm. I don't know and why. It was the, <laughs> and it was the same the phenomenon. It was yeah. the same phenomenon where everyone wanted to take a look because it was like super rare. So- I'm sorry, Jason, that it turned into the kind of story where everyone's going around to look yeah. at the man with the cockroach in his ear. But yeah. <laughs> but hey, it's kind of like a badge of honor, I'm sure. Like I made it through. But wait, Priyanka, I don't understand. Can an insect 
they can only burrow so far, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But but the f- the fact that Jason was saying that he heard this loud whooshing sound oh, means that so it gross. was really getting through oh, the eardrum. Oh, it was like God. really pushing it was on the pounding on those imagine? drums. Could you imagine if it brought more of them into the head and started a mariachi band? <laughs> Oh my God, Jesus that's Christ. crazy. Anyway, Jason, thank you for sharing. That's unbelievable. Yes. Uh, we're going to move on to uh, someone named Dana. Dana, let's listen to your message. Hi, Dr. Wally. Hi, Sean. My name is Dana, and I actually don't have any funky medical stories to tell. I just really wanted to call and tell you how much I love your podcast. Aww. I'm binging it all the time. I'm fascinated with the stories that um, people have to share and the fact that so many celebrities have random things that have happened to them. It's mm-hmm. so interesting. I've oh, learned so much and you guys are hilarious together, but also so educational. Thank you so Aww. much for doing this podcast. I love y'all. I love the podcast. Keep doing it. It's so fantastic. Bye. Bye. Oh, oh, that's so I wish, sweet, Dana. I wish Thank Dana lived you. with us. I know. Uh, she's so sweet. That's so nice, Dana, just to call in and say that. You know, I'm yeah. with you, Dana. I've learned so much too, especially from Priyanka. Uh, oh. Just tons and tons of stuff. And and and, she, and Priyanka will text me. I'll, I'll text her like randomly, like, "Hey, what, I'm like feeling well for this, or I can't sleep, or whatever it is." And she'll be like, "Try this. Try this. Read this. Read this. Read that. Take yeah. that. It's yeah. great." We have sent so many photos of vitamin bottles to each other. <laughs> I mean, literally our entire text thread. <laughs> It's just like vitamin bottles. If you go through our photo history, yeah, it's so I funny. Know. I know. Yeah, but I, I love what Dana said about learning so much about celebrities because this is the highest concentration of celebrities that I've talked to about their medical issues. And yeah, it's it just goes back to what I said would say in the beginning when we first started this podcast. It's like we're all just human. Like, right. It's just humanizes. The, there's nothing yeah. special about That's celebrities. Right. They have the same it, issues. It, it neutralizes all of us. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. It's great. Well, thanks. Thanks, Dana. That's so sweet of you. Uh, we're going to move on to someone named Sonia. Sonia, what's your story? Hi, Dr. Wally and Mr. Hayes. My name is Sonia, and I live in California. First, I want to say I love listening to your podcast. As a primary care physician myself, your podcast is like CME to me, comedic wow. medical education. Anyway, my medical story is actually about my 12-year-old cat, Gatsby. There are many... <laughs> Themes I'm learning that cat and human conditions are in common. Since he was young, he seems to get a random medical affliction about every two years that don't seem to be related at all. He first had slipped capital femoral epiphysis, aka oh, skippies, wow. at age of two, what? which is the equivalent what? of a teenage cat. Then a couple of years later, he got a pneumomediastina, which is what? air trapped wow. in his chest cavity, which was treated with an expensive oxygen tank. Then he had minor things like abscesses, viral enteritis, teeth surgeries, and all of this caused stress reaction alopecia areata on his fur. Subsequently, he had two bladder obstructions with hematuria, which the vet told me he may need to have surgery like Hedrick and the Angry Inch in order to prevent another episode. Oh my God. Finally, he saw a vet psychiatrist who put him on Prozac for his anxiety, oh. and he's been healthy and good for the, ever since, good knock Lord. on wood. He may not be the first hypochondriac, but he may be the first hypochondriac cat. Yes. Anyway, hope you like the story and can't wait to listen to your next episode. Oh, wow. That's so sweet. First of all, when she was listing all that medical stuff, all I heard was, hi, this is Sonia. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that there is a an animal that has taken on all of my characteristics. Oh my gosh, it's me in animal right. form. It's, you have to meet this cat, <laughs> yeah, Sonia. Yeah. Yeah. We'll give you an address. So Sonia listed a bunch of um, fancy schmancy medical terms. But it sounded, and I, I didn't keep keep track of of all the things that uh, that was said. But uh, you know, it sounds like the cat 
had some orthopedic issues, had some GI issues. Yeah. Sounds like, um, you know, anxiety, psychiatric issues. I mean, it's so all me. Every organ system. Why is the cat's name not Sean? Uh, <laughs> yes, I know. So, Sonia, did you hear that? Rename the cat Sean. I love what Sonia said at the beginning. Oh, hypochondri cat? cat. Yeah, <laughs> hypochondri cat. cat. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, I love what she said, the CME, comedic medical education. Oh, I love it. Right? It's a little case <laughs> yeah. of CME. So, you know, doctors have to continuing medical education to keep your license up to date. You have to listen and study and do oh, all this I stuff. Oh, I thought she said comedic. Did she say I know, continue? But, but it is a great pun. It's a great pun because it's actually continuing medical education, but she called oh. it comedic medical education. Oh, okay. So got like, it. Got it. It's cute. Very cute. That is cute. So, so uh, Sonia, thank you so much for calling. Guys, we're going to keep our phone lines open into the new year. So please leave us a message and continue to share your stories. We love, love, love it. We love, love, love you guys. 323-529-6031. Again, 323-529-6031. This is the part where I always say, let's get to our guest. But we mm. have fan questions, which I'm super excited about. I have not read these. So in real time, we're going to be reading them and answering them. Yep. We asked you, our listeners, to submit questions for us through Instagram, and we want to share a few of those with you now. Okay, so I'll go first to you, Priyanka. Ready? Okay. Yeah, let's okay. do it. How do you actually get rid of hiccups? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. Um, mm -hmm. So typically hiccups go away on their own, but sometimes they might last a very long time, like more yeah. than 48 hours. So the thing about hiccups, hiccups are caused by tension in the diaphragm. Your diaphragm actually begins to contract and it, it's controlled by your nervous system, your phrenic nerve, your vagus nerves. And so there's a, basically a cycle that occurs where the diaphragm con continues to contract and then uh -huh. you make this hiccup sound. Uh-huh. So if you get hiccups for a long time, you got to first identify what the underlying cause is because yeah. prolonged hiccups, so hiccups for more than 48 hours can have a whole range of causes, you know, from anything mm -hmm. as simple as drinking alcohol to having a mass in your chest. Wow. It just, just the whole gamut. But yeah. you know what you said it caused because the diaphragm expands and contracts. What about singers? Why is that like, you know, like singers constantly expand and, and contract their diaphragm to sing? Yeah. So the thing about hiccups is that it's involuntary. Okay. And and it's intermittent and it's it's spastic. Whereas singing singing is not spastic. It's it's yeah, it's controlled. It's very controlled. And the it's not just the diaphragm that contracts and hiccups, but it's also the muscles around the ribs, the intercostal yeah. muscles. Yeah. Um, some so I know you said it's involuntary, but sometimes when there's somebody I don't want to talk to, it's voluntary. <laughs> I'm just saying that. So here's the thing. Do you know how to how to get rid of hiccups? Well, there's I mean, look, there's all these kind of wives' tales. I mean, I, I, I drink water and I try to burp it to make it stop. Yeah, yeah. Some people think um, s sipping off of a really tight straw can um, basically, that suction can kind of reset the muscles or mm -hmm. taking deep breaths, holding your breath, anything that will calm the vagus nerve. Uh -huh. So if you hold your breath for a couple of seconds, I've heard about biting on a lemon. I've never tried that though. No, I, don't need, I don't need to do that. Sometimes though I bite my wrist. That's totally worked. <laughs> <laughs> you bite your wrist. Jeez. Uh, all right, here's my next question. There's four of them. What was your hardest rotation in med school? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, wow. My surgery rotation. 
my uh-huh. general surgery rotation. What does I, rotation mean? Just like uh, study? So in med school, for the first two years, you just study all the time. You learn everything. My girl likes to study all the time, <laughs> study all the time, study. Remember that? Yeah, just like that. That's yeah. We actually learned that song the first week of med school. Yeah. And then years three and four, you actually are in the hospital working with patients, you know, shadowing people. It's called a rotation. And every four to six weeks, depending on the med school, you do like an OBGYN rotation. And uh-huh. you only do OBGYN. You do general surgery or you do family med rotation or psychiatry rotation. And so you didn't like the surgery rotation? I mean, I don't, I didn't have a good time at all. No. Because why? Because you, what you had to witness? Um, I've, I, I had a really hard time sitting in the cases that would be eight, 10 hours long. I, I, you know, I really like to go pee and poo when my body says that. (laughs) And and eat. Yeah. And eating. And wait, so these guys, these guys go for that long, truly without stopping. Oh, Yes. Yeah. That's amazing to me. It's amazing. I mean, it's definitely incredible. I thought they got a, I thought they kind of like, you know, someone would start and then the next person would finish so that person could eat or something. I mean, if you're the one person who's the expert at doing this one specific procedure and it's going to take five hours to do it, you are there for five hours. Jesus, God. And I remember, Sean, so clearly once I was helping this plastic surgeon Mm -hmm. um, kind of close a wound. Yeah. And... I, I hadn't eaten anything, so my hands started shaking. <gasps> oh, God. And I, I got yelled at because she was like, stop shaking your hands. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I can't help it. I'm hypoglycemic. By the way, and you yelling at me is making it worse. Oh, my God. It was yeah. so just, I would cry all the time on my surgery rotation. Uh, so that's your surgery rotation. Well, yeah, uh, yeah if, I, if I ever have uh, emergency surgery, God love you. I will not be going to you. No. Next question is. <laughs> Next time, go to a surgeon. Yes. What is the oddest thing you've seen as a doctor? Is that it? Oh, man. Is that one of the oddest things? Oh, my gosh. That's such a good question. I mean, I could, I've seen a lot of odd physical things, but that, I mean, I, I hesitate to answer this question because I don't know how to do it without, I, I don't want to like shame the patient. That's right. That's right. I understand. Yeah. Let me, let me answer this this way. The oddest thing that I've seen as a doctor to, to be the, the strangest thing I've witnessed as a physician and this might get a little morbid, but there's no like patient shame involved. It's honestly seeing someone die naturally. <gasps> oh God, of that, course, of that course. Is, it's the strangest phenomenon when they finally take their last breath. You, something changes in the room. The, wow. the, something shifts. I can't imagine. And you you can't put words on it, but but there is a shift in the energy, and it and it's the strangest thing. It's I've and never, everyone does it. I've never witnessed. I've never. You've witnessed. never seen a death. No, mm-hmm. I, I uh, no, not that I can remember. No, uh-uh. yeah, I think I would remember yeah. it, but um, I can't <laughs> imagine. That's such a good answer because it's yeah. like. You know, it's, oh God. It is a really strange phenomenon watching someone pass away naturally or, or for whatever reason. And you, you can never predict when it's actually going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Here's another one. What's the oddest thing I've seen as a doctor? The way we treat physicians and medical students in the medical system. I think what do you mean? That, well, first of all, I think, I think physicians are the last people, the last group to actually get good self-care. 
And we're the ones that are taking care of other people, right? And so you look at the way we treat medical students, you know, in in medical school, you know, the med students are supposed to be neither seen nor heard unless they're of value, unless they're kind of taking care of the patient and and doing that. And so I just think the way we treat doctors could be better. I mean, I think so too. Well, just even on a personal level as well, it's like the work that you guys do is truly, literally life-saving. So why aren't you guys paid more than athletes and more than celebrities and more than, you know, CEOs of companies. You guys, you teachers, you know, military, like all these people that keep the world going and keep everybody alive and safe. Like those should be the highest paying jobs. Well, here, it's not even about the money, Sean. I'm literally talking about like when I was in med school, I remember the overwhelming feeling that I experienced in med school was hunger for food to eat right? because they would not feed us yeah. and we would have to go and either manage our own food while we were working 80 hours a week, which to me is crazy. Here, here's, here's some advice. Put, put a feeding tube in you while you're oh med, my gosh. med student. All right. So you never go hungry. All right. Here's my last okay. question. <laughs> White coat syndrome. What is it and how... Do you control it? Oh, okay. So white coat syndrome is basically the term used to describe the phenomenon that occurs when people go to see their physician and their uh, blood pressure or their vital signs are showing signs that are abnormal. So people might have normal blood pressure at home. They go to the doctor's office, get their blood pressure checked, and it's high. And that's called white coat syndrome, where basically being around a physician or maybe someone wearing a white coat causes yeah. so much anxiety that it actually causes your your vital signs to change. Can I say something? So let me tell you, if anybody's listening that's, that suffers from this white coat syndrome thing, yeah, I can't think of a more relaxing place to be than the, doc- <laughs> than the doctor. And here's why, because if anything goes wrong, you're in the space that's going to help you. I mean, that's true. That's right? true. But most You're people, there. Sean, no. Don't, don't most people don't I love feel it. that way. I love it. Oh my I love gosh. It. You're wearing a white coat right now. That's how much you love it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like that. Yeah. Okay. What questions do you have for me? Okay. So people asked us, and I want I want you to answer it this time. Uh, how did we meet and how did this uh-huh. podcast come about? Yes. So you go. Okay. So, oh my gosh, please jump in. I can never get this right. So, um, Todd, my producing partner at Hazy Mills Productions, we make stuff. We make TV shows and movies and documentaries and game shows and podcasts. And so he had a general meeting with you and said, Sean, I just met the most incredible woman. She is uh, Indian. She is a stand-up comic. She is a doctor. We have to figure out something to do with her. I was like, oh my God, I want to meet her. He just loved you so much. And we always have the same taste. And so I was like, well, if you love her, I'm going to love her. And so he came up with this idea, well, we all did together, that to do this show, and he came up with the title, which is so genius, I think. It's so good. Yeah, and uh, he's like, it's you. You're a hypochondriac, and you're an actor. And so he thought of that title, and I was like, oh my God. He goes, what if we partnered with Priyanka? I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to meet her. Then we met, and then we said, let's do this. And then we did a bunch of photo shoots and meetings. And then we kind of did some practice stuff together and we just really hit it off. Yeah, no, we really did hit it off. Yeah. I mean, it really was this, this wonderful just union of yeah. science and uh, craziness. <laughs> right. And I, and I couldn't stop saying your last name, uh, like the Pixar movie. I kept saying it's Priyanka. Well, <laughs> it's Priyanka Morley. Morley. <laughs> oh, so, I'm okay. glad we moved past that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so uh, Sean, what type of acting role do you want to play next? What are you thinking? Well, uh, the one I want to play next is the one I am playing next, which is uh, a guy named Oscar Levant. So -hmm. I've been working on this play for about 10 years, and um, Doug Wright wrote it. Uh, He's an incredible, he won the Pulitzer Prize for a play called I Am My Own Wife. He wrote uh, Quills. He wrote uh, the musical Great Gardens, Mm -hmm. War Paint, just tons of stuff and tons of movies. And he's just a prolific writer, amazing person, great writer. And when I was doing Promises, Promises, which was a show on Broadway, uh, Beth Williams was one of the producers. I said to her, what do you want to do next? Something together because we became friends. She said, what do you want to do? I go, I always wanted to play this guy named Oscar Levant, who was best friends with George Gershwin. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a, it's it's a comedy, but it's also so sad and dramatic. It's it's about um, Oscar Levant was this actor. He was also a phenomenal concert pianist. Mm-hmm. Um, he was everybody's favorite talk show guest, and uh, he was incredibly witty and charming. And it's his kind of the play takes. Uh, it's called Good Night Oscar, and it takes place uh, on the one night at the Tonight Show when Jack Parr was the host, mm-hmm. and Oscar gets a pass from the insane asylum, the medical institution, wow. uh, to come be a guest on the Jack Parr show. And then at the end, he has to go back to the mental institution. Oof. And so um, it takes place in real time. And uh, it's really fascinating. It's about oh. a guy who was an addict. He was an addict and also one of the funniest people, also an incredible pianist. And uh, it's that story. And he had he was married to this wonderful woman named June Levant and they had kids. And it was just, he always was just a mess, uh, but wow. also, also an incredible person too. Oh, anyway, that sounds really exciting. I'm going to come see you. Yeah, we open at the Goodman Theater in Chicago in March. And then I think we might be going to Broadway, but that's up in the air because of the pandemic. Okay, that's super cool. Thank Definitely yeah. want to check that out. That was a really uh, short answer, wasn't it? It was so short, very <laughs> concise. That's your your best quality, actually. Yeah. Um, okay, Next question. How did you meet your husband, Scotty? Actually, I think I know this, but actually I want to hear it again. So Scotty was the DJ on the Ellen DeGeneres talk show when it first started. He was the on-air DJ. He'd be, Ellen would be like, hey, Scotty K. And his Mm -hmm. DJ name was Scotty K. And then he told her, uh, you know, in in rehearsal, she was like, I don't know what to do. How do I get from where I'm standing to over to where I'm sitting? I'm just going to walk over there. That's so boring. He goes, why don't you just dance over there? And that's Mm -hmm. how the dancing thing started. Wow. And then that didn't work out. <laughs> he uh, That's a long story for another podcast. So I met him that way. It's a long, long story, but basically through, Ellen, basically. through, through, through that show. Yeah. And then uh, I called him and I said, I was embarrassed because I was like, I want to meet him, but I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't want to be a, a, a dork and like ask him out. Like so stupid. <laughs> I pretended like I, because he DJed a bunch of like Oscar parties and celebrities' houses. And so uh, I found out his number and I, under the guise of I was throwing a party. And we ended up talking on the phone for two hours the first oh, time we ever, wow. and we had so much in common. I was like, oh. what? What? Both our mom's name are Mary. <laughs> oh, wow. Our favorite movies, Amadeus. Like it was what? like we're both really into music and 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 John Williams and like uh, uh, composing and just a bunch of, of the same stuff. And I was like, this is crazy. And by the end of the conversation, he was like, "There's no party, is there?" And I go, "No, there's no, there's no party." <laughs> I just wanted to meet you. So anyway, that's that's how that happened. That is a cute, cute, adorable yeah. story. Well, wow, you will go to lengths. Yeah, you, you will get make what you a want, party. girl. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, how has your relationship to your character Jack changed over the years? 
oh, my relationship to jazz. Oh, God, well, I don't really think about it that much anymore since I'm not doing it. But, right. you know, um, I, I know that it took tons and tons and tons of energy to play him. And then when we wow. were done, I was like, you know, your body kind of just relaxes after being yeah. on high alert for, the, you know, mm-hmm. high performance alert. And then, uh, then we had those 11 years later, we mm-hmm. had the reboot of the show. And I remember the very first day of the very of the very first rehearsal, the first episode back, I was like, "Oh God, mm-hmm. <laughs> I right. forgot how much energy this takes." Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like doing Broadway. It's like right. every day because you rehearse every single day, and then right. you shoot the show for twelve hours. I mean, it's a lot of work, but um, very rewarding, and I wouldn't change it for the world. Mm. Wow. Okay, so we will be opening the question box again soon, which you will be able to find in our Instagram stories at Actor. Now I want to introduce you guys to our producer, our amazing producer, Rebecca Eisenberg. She's amazing. She's one of the big reasons we're here. Uh, She's usually lurking in the shadows when we record, but today we need her help with setting up our game. Rebecca, where are you? Hello. There she is. Rebecca. Rebecca. Hi. Often seen, seldom heard. <laughs> yes. Well, it's time for the game. Oh, my yes. goodness. Dr. Wally's Hall of Fame. But today the tables are turning and I will be asking the questions. <laughs> Look how fun this episode is. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> the rules are the same. Okay. But today you will each get five questions with possible points for creativity. Okay. okay Sean, you, of course, are up first. <laughs> okay. How did that work out? First question. How many units are in a baker's dozen? 13. Correct. Woo! Nice. Starting off strong. How about that? So literally, you you know why I got that right? Baking, eating, carbs, all that. You got that down. Yeah. (laughs) Cupcakes. (laughs) Uh, Question number two. What is a duel between three people called? Ooh. A duel? Well, first of all, who's ever calling it a duel is wrong <laughs> uh, because it's three people. So it's not a duel. It's a, a trifecta. <laughs> I, don't know. I have no idea. Is that, wait, can I guess or no? Yeah, I guess. Is it a yeah, brawl? It's a, it's a brawl, isn't it? <laughs> no, I, but my best guess is that a brawl is multiple people. It's a oh, rumble. Okay. Specific word for three people. What is it? Truel. Oh, come on. Well, I was going to say that. I'm like, that's dumb. This is the 18th century. No. I love what is a duel between three people This is a truel right now. We're in a (laughs) truel. Okay, no point there. Oh, wow. So strict. Question number three. What was Charlie Chaplin's first full-length movie? Oh, I fucking know this. It's not the kid. It's not the champ. It's like you got it. The kid. That's the kid. The kid. It's the the kid, kid is the correct answer. Nineteen twenty-one. Nineteen twenty-one. How old nice. I feel? Mm-hmm. Two points so far. Okay. Wait, that was a hundred years ago. Oh my gosh, it was. Oh wow, that was one hundred yeah. years ago. That's crazy. That's wild. We should, we should have him on the show. <laughs> I'll get on that. Uh, question number four: What is the rarest M M&M and M color? Green. No. Incorrect. Brown. Brown is the correct answer. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. Give you a little half-see there. That was like, um, if anybody's a Monty Python fan, remember when they're crossing the bridge and the troll goes, what is your favorite color? The troll, <laughs> in order to cross the bridge, <laughs> yeah. and, and John Cleese or somebody was like, blue. No, red. Ah, 
that Question number five. What is the name of the book written by Roald Dahl about an eccentric chocolate maker? Oh. Come on. Oh, now, now I'm going to answer wrong first because the movie is called, with Gene Wilder, is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, but the book is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, that wow. That is absolutely correct. That's really impressive, Sean. Trying Thank to you. trick you did not work. Wow, okay. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, God. So okay. that is three and a half points. Not bad. Oh, my gosh, okay. Priyanka, you are this up next. This is gonna be so interesting. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the fall, the, the, the fall of Dr. Wally. <laughs> <laughs> We're all here to witness it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Question number one. Which country consumes the most chocolate per capita? Damn it. Um, per capita? So uh, I'm guessing it's like a European country. So I'm going to say the Netherlands. Is that fair? Close? <laughs> Wrong region? It's the United States. It's the U.S. <laughs> the correct answer Britain, is England. Switzerland. Oh. Uh, damn it. I was so close. Swiss miss. That was yeah, very okay. close. You were yeah. on the right track. Okay. Question number two. What does the acronym LED stand for? LED, like LED lights. I, I talk about that all the time. Yeah. It's a light emitting. It's a LED stands for light emitting diode. Correct. Is that right? How in the hell do you know that? Because right. I talk about blue light, LED. I lecture about it. Diode? What the hell is a diode? Yeah, see, I, like, I know LED, but I wouldn't, without having researched this question, I would not have known what it stood for, even though I knew you know, the purpose and the usage. I have a follow-up question to that. What is the three-pronged version of a diode? A triode? Yeah. I don't know. Why? Why not? <laughs> triode. <laughs> Throw that back in your face. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Question number three. True old duel. <laughs> what awards has an EGOT winner won? Oh, come on. This is easy. EGOT? Yeah. Yes. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Okay, so... Um, you okay, know Okay, so, I mean, it's like, what, Emmys and... Um, oh, wait a minute. Emmys, Grammys, Oscars, and Tonys. That right? is correct. That's okay. it. Yeah. Nice job. Oh, man. Yeah, that was good. Question number four. In The Wizard of Oz, how old was the scarecrow when he and Dorothy met? Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? He says how old he is? Oh, oh no. I think he does say it in the movie. I think he does say it in the movie. I mean, but, okay, so I think this is a trick question because it's not going to be, like, fit, it's not going to be, like, 45 or something like that. I mean, a, a scarecrow only lives one season, so I would say he's probably a year old. I love I love hearing you work it out. <laughs> I mean, close and you were in the right direction. It's but like the one actual season, answer, a couple seasons, I don't know, yeah. He is one day old. Oh, no! Oh! <laughs> I was so close. That's he pretty was, cool. He was a scarecrow and met Dorothy the very next day. Yeah. That's okay. pretty cool. Okay. I didn't I didn't I didn't know that. Okay. Okay, final question. In 1995, what M&M color was added after being voted on by the public? Okay. Um is it brown, which was the rarest M&M as well? It's green. And yellow, yellow is also part of the colors. Roy G. Biv is my answer. Roy G. Biv. Yeah. What is it? Purple? 
It is blue. Blue. Oh, come on. So there were a few options in 95, and they did this public survey of what color should we add, and blue wow. was what the public chose. Why don't they just add all okay. the colors? Anyway, who won? Yeah. I can't even keep track. Oh, my gosh, Sean. I think you won this time. You had two and a half. I could barely make it through a scarecrow question. <laughs> you, did. <laughs> you did get one, two. You got two and, you know, some half because you really worked hard to get to those answers. Yes. <laughs> Sean, you did indeed win today. I can't believe it. That's a miracle. Well, you know what? This game is called Dr. Wally's Hall it's of Fame. Fixed. So I'm already in That's true. the You're already Hall of already Fame. <laughs> I think that you win every time we play yeah, the game. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, Rebecca Eisenberg, thank you so much for helping thank us today. Thank you so much. Yes. You are the best. Congrats. Uh, Priyanka, I'm going to ask you something. What are you hopeful about in the new year in 2022? Oh, man. I'm just really hopeful that, number one, we all stay safe. And I think I've said this before, but I'm just hopeful for more time understanding each other yes Spent, you know just talking listening to people on the other side maybe different opinions yeah. instead of maybe canceling people let's just understand them and maybe we could implement forgiveness forgiveness I love is that. a tricky one right i also love the saying one can listen to respond or listen to understand mm. because a lot of people listen and they're listen to respond they can't wait till you're done talking so they can get in the thing as opposed to listening to understand what you're saying and mm -hmm. then respond. And I think that uh, it just goes with what you're saying. I think a lot of people can benefit from that. And mm. uh, yes, I just hope um, we feel more inclusive and less exclusive as yeah. we move and support people who support that. Mm. Right? It's beautiful. Anyway, this is our 35th episode of the show, and we have loved every single one thanks to you guys listening. Yeah, and we're looking forward to sharing more stories and more guests with you in 2022. Happy New Year, everyone. Don't worry. Happy Be New healthy. Year. Bye. Bye. Hypochondria Actor is a Hazy Mills production hosted by me, Sean Hayes, and Dr. Priyanka Wally. Rebecca Eisenberg and Todd Milliner are our executive producers. Production and editing is by Rabbit Grin Productions. Original music by Scott Eisenogle and Leo Rosner. This is a Hazy Mills production. All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast.